0: Our reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 13 through chapter 2, verse 3. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Amen.
1: Good morning. Um, uh, (laughs) Hi guys. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. For those of you who may not know or forgot, <laughs> I almost forgot, <laughs> and um, I'm back and um, from vacation, and um, I'm going to preach a few weeks here, and then I may take another couple of weeks off from preaching, but I'll be here as I, we prepare for the fall sermon series and teaching series on mid, in, at midweek, and I just need a couple of weeks to kind of pull all that together. Um, but I want to thank um, the pastoral assistants and assistant pastors and interns and whoever they are that preach while I was gone. And I appreciate it. And I heard great things. And um, thanks to the elders and deacons and staff for protecting my time and me and dealing with things. And um, so it's been a good time. I'm a little half-baked um, because I don't know how I figured it out, but I didn't think I was supposed to preach today until Monday, and uh, I was like, Kelly, I'm going back to work. Um, <clears throat> but as we continue in our sermon series, Explicit Lyrics of the Faith, let me say again that I had a nice time off to relax and be with my family and sometimes just with myself, and uh, we had an opportunity to go down to Orlando um, for a week, and no, we didn't get to do the big parks, but more on that later. But the highlight of the week was driving a little less than two hours from Orlando to the Gulf Coast on the beach on Anna Maria Island. And it was an experience with the white sands and clear waters and remote, authentic feeling that I will not forget. Because just for a minute, right? You know how time off works when it's really working? You dream crazy, right? What if I could live like this forever? (laughs) And I even thought, I'm not going back, right? I'm like, well, I have to go back to get my dog and cat. So I am only going back so I can return to the beach, right? I'm going back to Charlotte just to write the finale of my life and then back to Anna Maria Island beach-like living. No having to return to deal with stuff as a pastor, like all the same-sex marriage stuff, sexual identity freedoms, church massacres, police brutality, race and gender issues, and poverty and just plain sin mess. Just going back to escape from all of that and not having to deal with all of this. And that's when it all started to fall apart. Because looking for a place to camp on the beach for the day right in front of us on the beach, on that paradise, was a young lady with just enough bathing suit on to be considered not naked. <laughs> Trying to do all she could to get as few tan lines, right? And I immediately looked over at my two young boys, worried about whether this was too much for them, heck with them, me too, and then having to find a different place to camp. And as I sat there finally relaxed, I looked out into the blue water where the boys were playing on inner tubes, and I noticed that part of one of the $17 inflatable, floatable beach toys had ripped apart at an important place for it to work right. And then, later, as we walked in the moonlit sky of the beach with the glow of two planets clear from our view, we found a perfect little beach bar and grill right, on the, right on the, in the sand. And it was there, sitting outside, glaring at the stars that my waiter got the order wrong on my overly-priced wings. <laughs> it was hot barbecue wings, not buffalo wings. And as I waited for my wings to get right in an instant, my boys had vacuumed up all of their food. I will pay again tonight on the way back for more food. And then it hit me. Brokenness and things falling down and apart and going wrong and making you want to cuss and fuss and fight and say, heck with it all. And God and everything happens even in paradise. But I'm here to tell you the beach won anyway. (laughs) It's beauty, it's peace, it's hope, it's joy, even it's purity and good was too much of what and where I longed to be for me to forsake, letting it get me and me entering into all it had to offer. Did you know or even imagine that holiness Biblical sanctity following and obeying God's will as revealed in the Bible is how you live, and how you live, think, and act is like a beach. And that may be a surprising way of describing. Holiness, because holiness has gotten a bad name, right? It is meant for many on the inside and outside of Christianity, simply dress codes and turning down or off certain entertainment or prideful piety or being better than or never being sure or at peace, anxiety and pressure and failure and condemnation, humiliation and judgment and and corniness and and being conservative or being liberal and politics and culture wars and, and especially hard and oppressive to women and and young people and boring and constrained and oppressive and mean rules about sexuality. It has meant being weird, right? And out of touch people, unattainable and frustrating. Don't drink, smoke or chew or hang with girls who do, right? Holy people can come across as being so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. And yet it is clear, right? It is explicit from our passage this morning that Christians, believers, are called to be holy. Verse 15 says, but as he, that's God, who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. I'm going to contend as the word of God leads us that holiness is the good news of life that you have been looking for and actually longing for. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take prosperity, right, and prosperity, happy, happy-go-lucky gospel back from those fools out there, right, who want an audience and monster church more than they want to give you the real good news by saying this, holiness and being free to live in this life as holy is the real prosperity of the gospel in large part of three things i want you to embrace today and see in god's word holiness is living in christian privilege secondly holiness is life in a deadly world and finally holiness is love in a hateful place First, holiness is living in Christian privilege that only Jesus could have bought and given you access to. So there we were. Yeah, as you can tell, my whole illustration is going to be about vacation. That's all I had this week. (laughs) I was still there, y'all. I'm slowly getting out, but I was still there. So there we were. Right? On a beach on the Gulf Coast. And and we got there because we were staying less than two hours away in a nice resort, condo in Orlando, having rolled up to guest services, giving them my name, nice accommodations that, guess what? That we couldn't have afforded and didn't actually belong to us. Like every year I go to the beach, it isn't because I have anything. Where are you going? Going to the beach house. ain't mine, (laughs) but I'm going. You know, we got to go on the trip because some friends of ours had purchased a timeshare and had points and gave us that resort condo for the week. We were guests and invited to a privileged lifestyle. And we were treated, right, and acted like we were owners of the place. No half-stepping for me. I even asked for extra beach towels to be delivered pronto. but I didn't pay for a thing, walking around like I'm somebody. And we thought, this is nice. Sure, wish we could always have this privilege, but we can't afford to live like that. We just ain't got it. We ain't got it right now. Maybe some bad decisions financially, maybe just a bad economy, whatever's holding us back, maybe down by law or self-destruction. We are in a place where we can't afford it. Some of y'all can understand. Later I found out that my dad owned the timeshare resort thing and he said we could go anytime. We just need to plan. I was like, what? Can you see you later this year, Magic Kingdom? Mickey and Minnie and Goofy here come to Browns? But my point is this. Holiness is a freedom, right, from this world. It's a a vacating of yourself from its sinful pulling and snagging and draining and being able to live in Christian privilege and having and finding hope and joy in it. And that place, that getaway from the world and the world's way of living is something you and I and no human being could, could get or purchase or access for themselves. Holiness is a Christian privilege and life and state purchased by God and that you and I have access to as those who are his children and people. Look at verse 13 with me in chapter 1. Therefore, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, right? Go ahead and pack your bags. This, get your life ready. This life of holiness, this way of living and walking in the grace of God has already, already been brought. Dare I take the R out of brought and say also bought for you at the revelation of Jesus. The original text in verse 13 says, gird up your loins. In other words, put your traveling clothes on for the journey to living holy and enjoying serving God. Plan your life not to be the same as it has been. Get your GPS out, which is the word of God and holy words, because there is a new life waiting for you to live and enjoy and paid for and in your name only if and because Jesus is your Lord and Savior, look with me at verse 14, continuing on, as obedient children. It says, "Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conducts, conduct, excuse me, since it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy, and if you call on him his Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear. and others in this life like you have been reborn and redeemed by a holy god through christ and yet somehow being holy has has become wrongly something that people have to earn You don't have to pay for holiness. Peter is saying that the work of holiness is simply in being prepared and getting free of other commitments so you can live according and in its benefits and lifestyles of someone called holy by God. Being prepared and relentless and taking hold and walking in and towards the benefits of Christian Christian privilege that Jesus gives you as already being declared holy and a member with privileges as a child of God. When it says, prepare your minds and be sober-minded, it's saying adjust your everyday worldly thinking, which will take time. Because sinful, non-Christ-centered living has worked you almost to death. It is saying, get ready to be the kind of person God has paid for you and made you to be special and treated special by God. God wants, again, to retreat his people with the lifestyle of holiness. And being saved, born again into the family, is the way to enter in, not to time share, but eternal share in the sunshine of his grace. And so Peter's telling believers, new believers possibly, you have a share of God, right? You have a privileged stay with Jesus, with the divine, in this world, regardless of where you live. So get rid of anything that might hinder the trip, that might stop you from having as much joy and fun as you could, but that might stop you from the holy benefits. One thing that was hard about our trip to Florida this time was We were really not prepared to get something like this and got the offer, I guess, a week and a half before we were slated to go. We had two broken cars, well, broke down, acting cars, or Mr. Brown, any moment your car could explode kind of broke down, (laughs) working fine to me, I know, but if you don't give me $3,000 at any moment, it could break down you take the chance little left to spend because we had some home repairs and at one point I even looked at Kelly and said this trip's a curse (laughs) this gift of a trip is a curse it is taking more out and from us and it seems then it seems it's worth right and we almost didn't go And we would have missed this opportunity. And then also I pushed to go out of thanks and gratitude for the people who loved us enough to give it and I received graciously. And they changed the name on it so we could go. There it was on email. Howard and Kelly Brown, guest of blah, blah, blah. Go ahead and go. We had to prepare, right? We had to go. We had to drop some stuff and shift some stuff. And as verse 14 kind of describes, we had to change and lose some present passions and plans and desires that we had for that summer. We just had to almost lay it all on a line to get there. Because this world we were married in was opposed to everything. And out of fear, like verse 17 talks about that we would get caught ungrateful by our loving benefactor and giver. And like Peter says, we had to it up, right? We had to get it together. We had to put away some stuff. In chapter 2, it says, put away malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander and, 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 and long for the things of the Lord. You know, it reminds me of how we even had to prepare our minds and hearts for this great vacation to Orlando. Let me tell you about something about Orlando. If we went in greedy, or angry, or had hidden agendas and bad hearts, Orlando would have been a curse. Because they got Disney there, y'all. And we couldn't go to Disney. We couldn't go to Universal Studios and SeaWorld and Epcot this time. We would have been down there in resort luxury moping and pining or overspending and suffering about not getting what we wanted. And, and, and you know, you turn your TV on in one of those places and the first thing that pops up, hey, join us at Disney World a day. And the kid's looking at me, I'm like, we ain't got no money for that. <laughs> to Change the channel, that ain't you. <laughs> that, that ain't us. Wet and wild, come on, Disney's, what is it, Laguna Beach, what's the thing, Typhoon Lagoon, a lagoon typhoon, the water park. I'm like, y'all better go to the pool. (laughs) Praise God, the pool. (laughs) So many of us don't like God's call in life of holiness. Not because God is asking too much or giving too little, but because you and I have let malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander and ungratefulness and forgetting and don't know how good has, God has and wants to be to us and have forgotten and don't know why and how the Bible is good news to be followed. And that stuff can take the joy out of what it means to a believer called to be Holy. Holiness like our no money can't go to Disney trip this time can feel like a cruel call to a place and a world and a life and behaviors and no's and not that and not yet to no ways where we feel like we don't get as much or feel like God has made us believers just to be robbed and teased and all the fun and freedom it looks like the world is having. If we are at odds with the privileges offered by God's holiness, then maybe we are running on empty spiritually, we are not filled, as Peter says, with the milk of God's word. So we are limited where we can travel and what we can experience with God. Maybe the GPS, the word of God guide to the beach of holiness is not on. We have pridefully decided. We know how to get where God wants me to be without his directions. Being holy is no joy if you and I have hidden agendas or a different plan or expectation that God or... or, 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 God has, or are not able to get along with each other, or trying to get something out of God that He has not promised, but our desires and passions are driving. God wants us to experience Him at the pool, and this world offers wet and wild. And God says, my joy is here for you. But what's so good then about Christian privilege and access and journey of holy living? Holiness is life in this deadly world. So we finally did make it to the beach. Had to get out of Orlando to feel like we were getting something. Because everywhere there's signs, come here. Go here. Daddy, we want to do the human slingshot. No, you're not slingshotting nowhere. <laughs> On that beach laying there, this is a metaphor, of course, not really. But it felt like I was getting my life back. Just one minute like rest, like a pit stop, like refueling for the journey that would make me more ready to come back. That's why it's called a vacation or holiday which comes from the word holy day. Isn't that interesting? It's a day of refueling in God and only through God. It is almost like in those moments that the world stops turning towards bad and bad was losing and good times were winning and what was eating and draining me at home, I was being filled up on literally. Yeah, I gained a little bit more weight on the weight I should have already been losing. But you just kind of go against an opposite of what is normal life when you're in these places you don't get up to go to work you get up to go play right you ain't go you you do you go backwards uh, uh, you go backwards according to what the regular world is going yes racial tension is growing in this country. Yes, sexuality issues in the church and Christianity are walking down the aisle towards a cage match with no holds barred potential bloodbath it seems. Yes, Kelly and I struggle and fight to get along and be in sync on a daily basis. Yes, my doctor has some things to say about me and my health and all those kind of things. But I wasn't living or held back by that because there was some truth going on. There was a greater though temporary truth at work on that beach. Hope and life and Gain for all the death and struggle were happening there. You see, holiness is life in a deadly world. I'm going to tell you about the miracle of it. You ready for the real prosperity gospel stuff? When everything else is trending to destruction and sin and disease and evil and darkness, guess what? A life of holiness is trending the other way. It trends towards redemption and rest and righteousness and goodness and love. Look with me at verse 18. Knowing that you were ransomed from... The futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He is foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. All right, there's a lot there. But let me summarize. Peter is saying that this life and human beings are like that banana on top of your refrigerator that you forgot about. Everybody has that banana. Everybody has experienced That banana, it is perishing, right? Regardless of how sweet this life seems to be getting, the sweetness of the banana, hear this now, the sugar is just another step toward decay. Everything fades away. Not only physically, like getting old, rotten, frail. This is more than a physics lesson. But things are fading away spiritually. That's right. Being a human in this world is a real banana. If you are not a believer, regardless of how sweet you are, or nice or good you are, at heart become, spiritually, you are fading and, sp- and fading. And, 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 and spiritually, you're hardening, and hardening up and, and falling deeper and deeper into darkness. This hard world and its evil and hardship and just plain meanness is putting some serious and harsh miles on your soul and you will not recover from it. This is what the scripture teaches. That you are not, if if you are not a guest of God's grace, a child and guest of the privilege of being born again and into his holiness, you are withering and fading and failing and going darker. And hear this, for all the supposed loving, I'm gonna have to be strong here for this because a lot of stuff's going on right now. For all of the supposed loving and life-giving and awesome humanitarians, think about the banana. All the sweet things you do, apart from Jesus, is another spiritual step closer to withering. Of not being able to enter into the grace of God. Of being too encumbered to believe the word of God. You begin to think the Bible is wrong And love is right. And put the scriptures at odds with love. That somehow if the Bible said what the Bible says wins, love loses. You begin to put the scriptures at odds about what you think is best for people. And what will make people happy. You begin more and more to think you are good and right and fine without God and doing sort of the same thing Christians are doing, maybe better and freer than they can because Christians are so bound with religion and the Bible and the church stuff. You go so sweet that you begin to syrup over with foolishness. Really sweet stuff like it's okay and they're okay as long as there is love. Real sweet, but real decaying thought. And there are all kinds of ways to heaven. And there is no heaven. And the word of God is simply written by men. And you know, if it only says it once or twice, it can't be true. And God wouldn't put this, because God loves us. And God is love, and this can't be sin because it isn't loving. And we can interpret the way we want. You're so sweet that you're decaying and withering. Now, here's hard part. One day, your goodness and righteousness, you will believe outshines God's holiness. Outside of a life of holiness, you are fading and withering and wearing down. How does Langston Hughes describe the dream deferred? Because that is what you have. Not a dream deferred, but a dream preferred, right? Preferred to the vision of truth that God has you in Jesus Christ. But I spent too much time on the bad news. Because holiness is good news. Because what it means for the believer is this. It is life in a world that is dying and festering and rotten and, and, and syrupy sweep and sags, right? And holy living life and revival and renewal is coming to and through God's holy people. The believer is, how does the world put it? Truly living the life. The holy life believer flourishes as the word of God and grace of God comes into their hearts, right? That while everyone and everything else is getting worse and headed towards spiritual darkness and death, uh, death and corruption, the believer as holy is not simply preserved in a once saved, always saved, on ice, cool as a cucumber, veggie tail, right? No, the believer is living hot, right? Up, as Peter says, rising up and out of the dirt, getting better, experiencing, growing in the joy of God, and becoming more and more who God has called them to be. They are counterculture to the culture. They are living in a bad place with bad news, with good news running through their veins. What am I talking about? Living in the prosperity gospel, the real one called. Holiness. Holiness is the call and the privilege and ability to live in the peace and place and in the presence of God by obeying God in his word in a lifestyle of obedience. It is being on the renewing and retreating beach of God's grace and God's rest and God's better and getting better and, and besting of you. Even if the world is dark and hard and filled with all sorts of besetting and problems and even if you are not all there yet, it is safe to say, holiness is a beach where believers are getting better i want you to come away with this good news this place is fading it is withering it is dangerous it is deadly and yeah we don't have it all together we still struggling we're still fighting. We're still trying to get ourselves together to go to the place God wants us to be as believers. I am not saying we are perfect. But I want you to know, believer, today, you are being perfected by grace. You are getting better. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to say there's no way we can get there. We can't afford it. I can't pay for it. My behavior isn't good enough. Oh my goodness, look at the whole world. 98% of the people believe this and I'm in the crazy 2%. Everybody's saying forget reading this or doing this or trusting God. Lord, we're getting left behind. In Christ as holy If your God is holy, you are holy. And you are going to where he is. You are becoming like he is. You are becoming more and more of what he wants you to be. I am urging you not to give up preparing to go there. But not only... Life but love. Look at verse 22. He says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again and not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. You know, one of the biggest knocks on holiness by believers is that it is Personal and prideful, and pious, that it's no earthly good. That holy people are not loving people. Holy people are in their own world. They say hateful things. You know, come on, Pastor Ron, you just said holiness is like a Christian privilege private beach, and it's very exclusive to believers in Jesus. Yes, that is true. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not ashamed of that. But the Bible teaches as it does that when there is holiness, there is biblical love. And by putting the word biblical in there, I seriously complicate things on purpose. Because we like to just throw that word, it's love. We're going to have to work hard, church, because we're going to have to redefine what love is. And we can't define love based on what we want it to be. We have to define love by the one who first loved us. Right? We have to define love according to the one who invented love. Right? Like, we didn't come up with it. Right? So when I say biblical love, I know I complicate things because love here is love for the world and loving others and each other, not as I want to or think or imagine you should be loved. Or how you want to be loved. It actually says love out of a pure and sincere heart. And Peter says it comes how? From the word of God. Holiness is love in and to the world around us. That comes from acting in this world without malice and deceit. And hypocrisy and envy and slander. But with caring, giving, hopeful offering. Patient kindness, purity, forgiveness. And according to the word of God. And holiness, privileged living, and God's grace demands that we love each other in our world like that. Regardless of where they believe or stand, because that's how we were treated. You see, here's the story of holiness according to verse 25 and then back from verse 13. You and I were all freely invited. To what we couldn't get for ourselves. Wasting away in darkness, lost, God decided to invite us into his love through Jesus. And he gave us the privileges and benefits of his grace. Holiness comes from being freely and unconditionally loved and offered grace and salvation by God and then freely and unconditionally taken and acting upon and living for the love of God. Hmm. I got a call from, closing on this, I got a call from a newspaper guy about the incident in Charleston because I'm from Charleston and I'm a pastor and he's in our denomination and he wanted to know what was up. And he said to me, Howard, please help me understand how the families of those massacred could have offered forgiveness. What is it? about these church people? What is it about the black church he even asked me? What is it about the history? You know I I said we, we don't have time for a whole history lesson. But you're talking about a history of people who've been scorned by the world. You know it's funny when President Obama led, up the song, led the song on Amazing Grace at the funeral down there in Charleston. That the line Amazing Grace is, um, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. And I told him, you know, there is something about believing that the world called you a wretch, Right? that you were wretched in the eyes of the world. And yet there was a God who called you regardless of how the world saw you and loved you. Forgiveness comes out of that. You know what that is? Holiness. It's not some human attribute that comes from nowhere. The kind of forgiveness and love offered is the sharing of the good news that you've experienced. That is holiness manifest out of love and in love for the world. Our friends gave up their points to their timeshare so that we could have access to what was their retreat holy love for the world is offering to this world to this culture to this society to your neighbor what god has lovingly given you the time and forgiveness and directions to the privilege and life and love of holiness out of your loving share of god's grace let's pray heavenly father we thank you for holiness we thank you for the opportunity to to live in the obedience and the privileged obedience of your word lord teach us to love with the forgiveness and holiness that's grounded in the story of the gospel help your people lord to live in the prosperity of the gospel. That, Lord, even though everything is wasting away, even if our bodies are wasting away, that we have an imperishable hope in Christ. Lord, call us back to holiness to explicitly live for you. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name, amen.